Thank you, Father, for loving us. Thank you for sending your son to die for us. Thank you for the absolute certainty that we have that he paid the penalty for our sins, that he was buried, that he rose again on the third day and is seated at your right hand. These are certainties. We know that he's coming again. We long for his coming. We look with eagerness, but we do not know the when. The important thing is not the when, because the most important day is not the day he comes, it's today. How am I going to use the blessed hope of his return to affect my attitude, my motives, my actions today. I pray that you will help us to get that perspective and let it change our life because there are people out there without Christ, without hope, and without eternal life, and we are on a rescue mission. Help us to play our part. I pray in Jesus' name, amen. Let me give you 10 points on perseverance. I'm going to try to run through these quickly. So, the power of perseverance. Point one, perseverance is the price of victory in the spiritual war. You and I are engaged in a spiritual war. And victory in that spiritual war, as far as our personal life is concerned, is going to require Perseverance, Revelation 3.10. Because you have kept my command to persevere, I will keep you from the hour of trial which shall come upon the whole world to test those who dwell on the earth. You say, ah, there we have a promise of the rapture. He is not talking about the rapture in that passage. How do I know he's not talking about the rapture in that passage? Because if he's talking about the rapture in that passage and you don't persevere, you don't go which is a false teaching. What is he talking about? The hour of trial he's talking about is not to Israel. The hour of trial he's talking about is to the church. And may I suggest, I think we're in it. If you want to be delivered in this hour of trial, you are going to have to persevere. Revelation 3.10. Point two, perseverance is greater than either patience or endurance. Perseverance is greater than either patience or endurance. Whether you look at it in the Greek language or you look at it in the English language, patience primarily denotes a mental stamina. In other words, I'm willing to tolerate this. I'll put up with this. That's patience. We are patient with those who try our patience. Endurance denotes more of a physical perspective. I'm under pain, but I'm going to bear it. What is the difference between perseverance, patience, and endurance? The answer is this. Perseverance not only bears up, but perseveres toward a clear goal. There is a goal out there that you are pushing toward. You'll remember Paul said in Philippians 3, Beginning in verse 12, concluding in verse 14, it's not as if I have already attained, neither am I already made perfect, but this one thing I do, forgetting the things that are behind and looking forward to what's ahead, I press on to the goal for the prize of the high calling that I have in Christ. He had a goal in mind. 
It was not just, I'll put up with this. It was not just, I can take the pain. It's There's a purpose in this, and I am driving for the purpose. That is a big, big difference. Thomas Carlyle says, Perseverance is the hinge of all virtues. Samuel Johnson said, Great works are performed not by strength, but by perseverance. Longfellow even said, The heights by great men seized and kept were not attained by sudden flight, but they, while their companions slept, were pressing onward through the night. That's perseverance. Don't try to develop the mental capacity to put up with life. You know, you ask, how, how, you're, how are you doing? Well, I'm getting by. God's plan is greater than that. If you're going through physical suffering or even emotional suffering and pain, don't make it your goal just to endure it. Look at the goal. There's a purpose. The purpose of God means that you as an individual will never face anything that slipped by him accidentally. As if he was looking somewhere else and cancer jumped on you and why wasn't God watching me when he should have been? Nothing can touch you, Job teaches us this, doesn't he? He had a hedge around him and a hedge around his, his family and a hedge around all he protected. You don't just have a threefold hedge around you, you got a thousandfold hedge around you. Hebrews 1.14 says that all of the mighty angels of God are your servants to help you fulfill the plan of God for your life. Nothing can touch you without divine permission. Perseverance focuses on uh, purpose. Point three, perseverance is a key ingredient of Christian character. Perseverance is a key ingredient of Christian character and can only be developed through trials. There's only one way to get perseverance, and that is to suffer. Paul says in Romans 5, verses 3 and 4, not only this, but we glory in tribulation, knowing that tribulation produces perseverance, and perseverance character, and character produces hope. A good question for us today would be, can we really glory in our tribulations? Point four, only genuine spiritual growth can develop true perseverance. Only true spiritual growth. Yeah, it takes affliction on the outside, but it takes spiritual growth on the inside. You remember the passage in 2 Peter chapter 1, verse 5, when he says, For this very reason, bringing in all diligence, add to your faith virtue, and to virtue knowledge, and to knowledge self-control, and to self-control perseverance and a perseverance godliness you want to be conformed to Christ this is why Paul says if we suffer with him we shall reign with him you know what that implies some are maybe not going to share in the rain but be careful don't run away with that thought because I think God has ways of working in people's lives far greater than you and I have any idea I think God has ways He's probably worked in your lives that you're not even aware of. 
I think we oftentimes look at the believer that we think has done nothing and we may be looking at somebody who's done some great things. You know, the great heroes in the Old Testament, many of them accomplished one great feat in their life. And that feat came as a result of time, growth, faith, and then being in the right place at the right time for the purpose of God. Point five, the greatest arena for displaying perseverance. Someone said this to me just yes, last evening. The greatest arena for displaying perseverance. Let's use Paul's technique a little here, and let's use some dialogue. What is the greatest arena for displaying perseverance? Affliction. I'm glad at least someone's awake here. Thank you, Rita. Anybody else? What is the greatest place that you will ever display your perseverance? Fear. Suffering. Fear. Where you're at. You ready for it? Prayer. You may not always be suffering. You ought always to be praying. You may not always be under trial. You ought always to be praying. Every day, 24 hours, however minutes and many minutes and seconds, you have all of those opportunities to be praying. The believer that you and I may look at or those who love to judge other people may want to look at and say they've never done anything with their life. Can I tell you a story? D.L. Moody moved the world. Sixth grade education. <coughs> An evangelist that shook the United States and Britain. Every time D.L. Moody went to a revival or to a conference, he noticed a guy that would be sitting on the steps, and he'd be in Boston, and here's this guy sitting on the steps. It took him a while before he caught on. This guy's always sitting on the steps, and then he goes to some other city, Cincinnati, Detroit. There he is, and the guy's sitting on the steps. And finally, after seeing him three or four times, he went up to him and he said, Sir, I've seen you several places that I've gone. You're always sitting on the steps outside. He said, Why don't you ever come in? And he says, Because you'll never reach those people unless somebody's praying for you. You'll never know the guy's name. But he was the power behind D.L. Moody. You know what Jesus said? You ready for this one? The last will be first and the first will be last. I hope every one of you here, and I know that many times we feel small, we feel insignificant, we feel as if we're accomplishing nothing, but I want to tell you something. Prayer is the way for you to become great in the plan of God. There's not a one of you who cannot mention the names of those who are suffering, cannot mention the, the countries where people are being persecuted, and cannot mention the names of those you know who are involved in ministry. You pray for them. You'll touch the world. Prayer. 
Ephesians 6.18 Praying always with all prayer and supplication in the Spirit. Make sure you're in the Spirit. Being watchful to this end with all perseverance and supplication for the saints. 